WCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. If you commit suicide in a parallel life, can it haunt you in your life here? Should you trust psychics to correctly interpret a paranormal event? Are Ben and I being mean to St. Paul? Oh, hello there, and welcome to the 350th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Well, it's actually edition, not broadcast, because we've had many more broadcasts than that. I'm Ben, and those questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So we have an open line show this evening with a number of unusual paranormal questions. We do welcome callers this evening. Uh, the number is 241-248. Sorry, mild dyslexia is kicking in. Uh, 248-545-7685. Again, that's 248-545-7685. Or if you're listening on the computer, use the handy little instant feedback gizmo on your screen. Well, before we get to our first questions this evening, we'll take a moment to wish our Canadian listeners a very happy Canada Day. You have a great country and a great deal to be proud of. And plus, I'm half Canadian, so almost. Now to our questions. Let's get right to it. All right, this this is one, hmm. Okay, this is one from Megan in San Jose, California. All right, so Megan writes to us, Hi, Paul and Ben. We have a psychic that has been working with our group for several years. She often identifies demons that are dominating or holding captive humans who have passed on, not letting them cross over. How would you both deal with a case like this without a seance? (laughs) Okay, Megan, I guess you... Thank you for your question, but you probably don't listen to our show very much. Uh, We don't believe any of this, okay? At least not in this way. Uh, perhaps it's just our terminology, but we uh, we have different concepts than uh, most people do. Okay, uh, it's funny because psychics have uh, were never welcome in paranormal groups, at least not not very often in the old days. Uh, however, in the past five to ten years, it seems as though they have become more prevalent. Uh, yeah, more uh, common in these uh, uh, amateur groups or. Uh, feral ghost hunters or whatever you want to call them, a group, uh, you know, activity we do not condone. Uh, uh, feral ghost hunting, that is. <clears throat> now, you have here one who often identifies demons that are dominating or holding captive humans who have passed on. Uh, we get this from time to time. There are people who, there are um, a number of people who, who write to us or, or, or let us know that they have uh, ghosts who are in their house who seem to be human and other and maybe one or two who seem to be not human or or demonic who are who are like enslaving the others and keeping them from crossing over or whatever the spiritualist terminology is and again you know we see these things and if we don't know our quantum physics i guess we just sort of interpret them as um as what else could they be but you know spirits of dead people who are being dominated by demons because we learned about that in Sunday school well again we don't believe really that's how it works what I think you might be if this psychic is in any way legitimate many of them are many of them are not they I think have their 
interpretations and their points words, of view. Well, words change the meaning of everything, really. I yeah, mean, we I mean, could be talking about the same thing, but the words we say are different, so therefore they have different connotations. Yeah, well, there are concepts behind the words, too. I think what if it's legitimate, what she might be picking up is this. We are always talking about cases where parasites, uh, who are you might call demonic entities, we think it's a lot bigger than that, parasites... Uh, are picking on certain individuals in a family, and this can, or an entire family, and this can result in poltergeist activity, uh, the standard uh, negativity that is associated with this sort of thing, uh, even uh, what was traditionally known as demonic oppression or possession. This is all the work of parasites in our experience. And I think what this psychic may be picking up, and we've seen this a number of times, I've seen it especially, is parasites working in a parallel reality that is close enough for someone who's sensitive to pick up on it. In other words, in your house may be another family sharing the same space, uh, and but, but in a parallel reality, who is and they are experiencing what we often detect in uh, people you know who are in our time space time realm uh, who are being picked on by parasites. So I think you might be uh, what she might be picking up is people you know, who are not ghosts or, or anybody who has to cross over anything. Uh, they, they're people going about their lives, and they're being uh, harassed by a parasite in one form or another. That happens all the time uh, in uh, our, our world. It, it certainly happens in others. I've mentioned a number of cases on the air where I've dealt with parasites who are, who are oppressing people in different worlds at the same time, almost like an octopus with tentacles kind of reaching it. That's the nature of that kind of creature they seem able to access uh, or, or at least cross the boundaries at least to some degree, or their energy does, uh, to eat, to feed. They're, they're part of nature. They're, they're cosmic creatures, I suppose, who live among and between worlds, I suppose you might say. This is what it seems to be. Uh, of course, as I say, we don't think in those terms. We think in two-dimensional, three-dimensional, maybe four-dimensional terms. We say, aha, what else could it be but a spirit or a servant of Satan or some, some other thing that's got baggage from the folklore of the ages. But these are real creatures. We run into them all the time, and I think this is what she's picking up. Uh, nobody has to cross over anything. As a matter of fact, remember, we've been warning people about that. Oh, yeah. The whole light thing. Uh, when you know, the, the, the uh, mediums and psychics say, oh, cross over into the light. Well, that light is just a world boundary. It could be a world boundary into a world that's hellish. So don't ever do that. So <laughs> these people are just people, and they, uh, they're having these problems with parasites. I'd say 9 out of 10, that's what, that's what you're dealing with. So how would we deal with a case like that without a seance? We deal with everything without a seance. Yeah. You know, we do not do that. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a very dangerous and reckless thing to do because you're punching holes in space-time, and you never know what's going to come through. Um, and I don't know, this sometimes come up, comes up, Ben. You know, people can use a Ouija board or a seance and not have anything bad happen, and they'll say, well, what's the problem? You know, as, as we always say, it's like standing in the middle of the highway, and maybe you'll get hit, maybe you won't. Yeah, it's not it also depends on the trouble. person, too. Well, it does, too. Uh, who, who are we? Oh, yeah, there was uh, Dr. Uh, Andrew Nichols. We have on the show every once in a while, he's a real parapsychologist who actually does work in the field and uh, differs with us on some of our ideas and, and that sort of thing. And he has, uh, although 
I have what about ten years more experience than he does, but that doesn't mean anything. Maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So the point is here that you need to look at this in a different way. We do have people who write to us who say that they uh, they have been applying our theories and methods, and it's not we we didn't originate this. We just I just sort of I might may have been one of the first to have used it in the field. Uh, this idea of multiverses rather than um, spiritualism, you know. And uh, amazing results took place and uh, seemed to get farther than other people did, and that's why I believe this. So anyway, uh, that's how I would deal with it. We do not use any kind of seances. Uh, we would, uh, if you can, I'd leave it alone. Uh, your group probably is not, most are not, prepared to deal with this sort of thing. If you must, and if the psychic has the sense to look at it this way, you might be able to uh, perhaps communicate. I would say the best thing you can do is to uh, all get together and, and send uh, compassion and positive energy toward this negative situation. Well, we always use what I call the Peter Pan theory. Think happy thoughts. Introduce positive energy to displace the negative energy because these parasites feed that negative energy. So whatever's going on across the boundary there, uh, you can help, I think, probably best by just uh, being quiet in your mind and sending uh, good things toward the good feelings and prayer or whatever toward uh, whoever this is. So I would do that in every situation. It never hurts, and it certainly can help. All right. So <clears throat> what do we got next? Uh, we'll probably just have to uh, – here's this, this poor letter that always gets read but never gets talked about because we don't have time. Uh, we have a break coming up, but we'll just read this, and we'll deal with it after the break. Okay, so this email is from uh, Roberta in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and she writes to us, Hello, Paul and Ben. I usually enjoy your show until Paul gets into the subject of religion. While much of what you say is very interesting, you point out many things in history uh, that I never knew, I don't like it when you attack the roots of Christianity and St. Paul. Uh, when you attack St. Paul, you attack all Christians, and you would never know you attended seminary. If I hadn't checked your background... I would doubt that you had it, that you had attended seminary. Right. Well, I certainly did. It's a matter of record. Uh, okay. I'll be what two mm. minutes. Okay. All right. Let me just begin by saying that uh, we do not attack Saint Paul. Now, for those who are not do not have degrees in theology, Saint Paul essentially was the main person other than Jesus in the New Testament. He wrote uh, a number of letters, uh, in uh, which are you know Ephesians, uh, the Ephesians, Romans, you know Colossians. All these were cities in the ancient uh, ancient world, usually but in Asia Minor, because Rome being in Italy naturally, and there were Christian communities that sprang up. Now the thing is that there was Christianity before there was Saint Paul, and you have to realize that there were many forms of Christianity. There is serious doubt you can argue that Jesus never intended to found a church. He was a very observant Jew who never missed a, a service at the temple in Jerusalem on a major feast day. He uh, w was a number of things that Paul kind of indicated that he was not. Now, now the reason I, I'm not attacking St. Paul, I, I'm simply perhaps re redefining him in a sense that, that he the way he writes is very much like he claims to have been a Pharisee and a native-born Jew. Nothing about him comes across as a native-born Jew of the time. He seems he was born in Tarsus, so he said, which was uh, in the Middle East and uh, was was a pagan city essentially. It had a Jewish community, but I don't think he was part of it. So we'll just we'll finish with this. And we'll get back from the break. 
In the meantime, you are listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back. So what are you thankful for? The I'm Thankful Network explores the positive. Join host Sue Lundquist Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time, empowering women, empowering lives. The I'm Thankful Network on New Sky Radio. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, the Dr. Pat Show is alive with a distinctive blend of interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Get in the know. Following Dr. Pat, join host Laura Lee for Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Contact your dearly departed spirit guides and angels to find answers, closure, guidance, insight, revelations, and prophecy regarding matters of the heart by contacting the other side through acclaimed medium Laura Lee. You are not alone. Batter up. Life's a game. Win. Call and get advice from today's top coaches that are here to help you win the game of life. The Coach Me Network is live starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we're back, and we're answering uh, questions on our open line show tonight, and we're dealing with one from Roberta in Grand Rapids, Michigan, who accuses Ben and I of being nasty to St. Paul. Okay, well, the dear old fellow, uh, I think, had uh, some issues with the Jews. I don't think he was a native-born Jew, and I'm not attacking him. I'm just sort of looking at the historical guy and perhaps reinterpreting what everybody assumes. That's the same thing we do with the paranormal. We, we, We try to get around the assumptions and look at what's really going on behind the scenes. So Paul grew up in... Uh, Tarsus, which was um, part of uh, Asia Minor, where there were all sorts of uh, trade routes and uh, things would come together. People from all over the place would would cross through there, and then therefore so would their ideas. Now, in Tarsus, as it happens, a young god named Attis was worshipped, and Attis was uh, killed at a young age, uh, rose from the dead, was commemorated with bread and wine, and something that was very un-Jewish. It was very pagan, actually. So is there is that a coincidence that somehow Christianity, when it became dominated by Paul, ended up doing the same thing? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that it's it's very un-Jewish. Paul's whole approach was amazingly un-Jewish. The whole idea of the Messiah being divine was unheard of, or the Son of God. All all, all uh, Hebrew men, all Jewish men considered themselves, all Jews considered themselves the sons and daughters of God. Uh, interestingly enough, and, and this is translated correctly from the Greek, Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man throughout the Gospel. That's another story. So, in other words, I, I just think Paul caused all kinds of misunderstandings because there were a number of versions of Christianity before he got his mitts on it. And when he did, uh, the the epistles, as a lot of people probably don't realize, were written before the four Gospels. So by the time the Gospels were written, that's what everybody kind of goes by, Paul had already taken over Christian thought. And maybe he was right. Maybe that's what the Holy Spirit wanted. Maybe that's that's correct. But I just have a lot of questions. People refer to Judeo-Christian thinking. and everything else. That sends shivers up my spine because there really is no Judeo-Christian ethos. Judaism and Christianity are very, very different. And uh, I, I never would have known some of this except that you know, having studied Hebrew in order to read Genesis in the original, I, I came and rubbed elbows with a lot of different rabbis uh, who were very great scholars, and they uh, would very they they're very they don't want to offend anybody, so they don't usually talk about this to non-Jews. But we got into discussions over many uh, many weeks, and uh, this some of these ideas that they they have the same suspicions that I had that uh, Paul was really not. Uh, a, a Jew, a convert to Judaism, which often worked and often didn't work for people who were pagans. And uh, but anyway, this this is what we don't, we're not attacking him. And to attack him uh, is not to attack all Christians, Roberta, because there were plenty of Christians before there were Paul. All right, the biggest fight at the time was exactly about Judaism. Should a Christian become? Should, should, do you have to be a Jew before you become a Christian? Do you have to be circumcised? Uh, how different was Christianity from Judaism? The earliest Christians believed that Christianity was just a sort of uh, <clears throat> reformation of classic Judaism, and uh, they didn't think it was a new religion at all. So anyway, Paul was pretty much responsible 
for founding Christianity as we know. And I think it's very difficult to debate that. But, uh, you know, I'm not attacking Christians. I'm not attacking Paul. Maybe that's the way God wanted it to be. You know, it's not, not for me to say. I'm just pointing out the historical alternatives and that I personally have a lot of doubts about the guy I'm named after. All right? Anyway, so, so that's essentially it. But I do not mean at any time to attack, to attack Christianity because that's where I learned to love God. How could I attack it? How could I do anything but respect it? Uh, there are certain Christians who uh, get on my nerves. <laughs> I'm sure <coughs> you could say that about many other people. So anyway, so that's my response to Roberta. And, uh, you know, if you think I'm being unreasonable, well, I'm sorry. Anyway. Okay, here's another one. This is from... Uh, oh, I thought we did it. Um, yeah, we started. Yeah, we did. That. Okay, we started. We didn't finish it. Well, I don't know. We started at the end of the show, and I was like, uh, I don't remember. I think I think we finished it. I think it's finished. Yeah, but that was a different show. So that, okay, no, let's start it again. Yeah, I mean, why not? That's a good question. Uh, this is about ghosts, and it's from Jerry. I should I should say Joey in Munhall, Pennsylvania. Okay, so Joey writes to us. Hi guys, I uh, love the show. I understand what you're saying about the parallel you, parallel worlds and us being in many of them in many different bodies. But I don't think we should dismiss the idea of spirits. For example, where is our essence or soul in between the time this body dies and we wake up in another one in the in the uh, path of least resistance world we go to next? But then, as I previously mentioned in two shows ago on WOON, we decided... I said I pointed out that there need to be other questions asked before you ask that question, which is what is the soul, and what is a spirit? Mm. Don't stop now. Don't stop. What do you mean? Don't stop now. Well, what, what do you think? I mean, you you heard I answered it last time. You you can answer. Well, if you really want to get into theories and things, I mean, Carl Jung had the whole collective unconscious thing where. Basically, we all share the same consciousness, and if we share all these bodies, then why would we need to have a transition period in which to get to those bodies? Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Uh, I, yeah, why would we need that? That would just be really inefficient. Having had some experience, I mean, I, so it's entirely conceivable. Yeah. And as we always say, if if we conceive of it, it must exist at some point, somewhere, somewhere in the multiverse. Mm -hmm. There may be worlds in which there there is a sort of a transition period. When we encounter what seem to be disembodied spirits here, uh, could be could be that could be people from other you know universes in some transition. I mean, anything is possible, and we really don't know. My problem is has always been, as I've stated a number of times, that you you cannot have. I have a problem with this dualism. What's known in philosophy as dualism that, that just rules Western paranormal thinking. You cannot, in my opinion, have a complete being, human being, without a body. All right. So this idea that somehow the body is worth absolutely nothing, which is essentially what the spiritualists believe, as I understand it, and uh, the, the soul comes out of it, and you got the complete human being there in some kind of, quote, astral form, unquote, and they have all their memories, all their hurts, all their beliefs, all their this, that, and the other thing, and they immediately become super beings helping their family. That's really a, really a stretch. Uh, so, as Ben was explaining, we already exist in many, many parallel worlds. It's all a great big us. Uh, most of it's very physical. Uh, I, and I think you just simply transition to where you already are in one of these lives, and that, that's just about all there is to it. 
I have actually witnessed on several occasions, although only one is really crystal clear because it was, it was in English, the conversation, that there are many people who uh, just – people seem to just transition relatively quickly. Uh, the case I'm referring to is one I've referred to many times on the air where uh, people in uh, Yonkers, New York, when I was in the seminary, had a problem with what they thought was a ghost in their attic. It turned out there was a guy – who was uh, uh, said he was in a church in Virginia, and he's talking to me in this attic, and uh, he was apparently transitioning from one life to another, and he, his memory changed as we spoke. Uh, it took several nights, but I don't. But time didn't seem to be passing the same way for him, and that's essentially that essentially seems how it, it happened. Our consciousness just shifts to where it already is in our subconscious, one of the lives there, or maybe more than one. So. And I think that our spiritual growth depends on how many lives we're aware of and the wisdom we can absorb from it and not and keep our balance at the same time. So that's another issue. So I don't know. I think, again, Joey, you might be asking the wrong questions here, as our previous questioner was. Yeah, I don't think we should completely dismiss the idea of spirits, but I've never, I've never seen any in 42 years of researching this. Uh, the essence of the soul, as Ben said, I think in a path of least resistance, there we go. I just think it, it happens uh, very quickly, and there isn't a matter of any, any transition period uh, at least worth speaking of. All right, now we are going to take a break in four minutes, but let's get started on this one. We do inevitably have long, long ones here, so uh, we let's just take, sort of have to deal with it. Take it in stretch. Take it in stretch. That's all. That's all. Yes. Uh, okay, this is from Rick in Bangkok, Thailand. Okay. Let me get my pen out here. Yeah, well, one thought at a time will take it. All right. Firstly, I would like to say thank you for a great radio show, which I listen which I listen to via podcast. It's refreshing to hear from people who have been in the trenches, as you say, and uh, have a strong but balanced approach to the subject matter. Uh, skip, a f- skip a few, just a bunch of comments and all that fun stuff. Uh, secondly, I would like to comment on your theory of the multiverse versus the 19th century spiritualism, etc. In relation to a Buddhist perspective, in brief, I am an Englishman from Cambridge who has al- always been interested in the paranormal. But since moving to Thailand, uh, Bangkok, uh, 12 years ago and adopting uh, Buddhism, I have come to understand much more about the paranormal through both Buddhist teachings and meditation. I am a teacher and manager at a leading British international school in Bangkok. What I'm about to say mainly relates to your idea of the multiverse and how you feel that the 19th century spiritualist paradigm just doesn't cut it. I agree. Uh, That said, however, and with uh, large amounts of due respect, I feel that you are looking at it in a rather too simplistic manner. That's really weird coming from a Buddhist. Um, (laughs) You say that the entities which you have experienced uh, personally cannot simply be spirits of those who have passed over. Instead, they are probably beings living in parallel universes, whole bodies and all. Fine, understood. But I would suggest that it is much more more complex than that. From a Buddhist perspective, a uh, Theravada perspective, you are right to an extent. uh, Buddhism teaches that there are 31 planes of existence. Some of these are in planes or universes which have formed, just as you say. Some of the planes have entities which reside in subtle forms, too. Uh, Matter manifesting from a subtle plane to 
this uh, more rough plane of existence is while is uh, widely accepted indeed in a more uh, esoteric in more esoteric teachings students including myself are taught to harness this subtle uh, matter and transform it uh, into uh, matter which can be used in this plane in short and although this is a far more complex than I have uh, made it seem it supports in the main in the main idea of the uh, multiverse, of course, within the 31 planes, there are also ghosts of the dead, as proposed within the 19th century spiritualist uh, framework. Again, this is a very complex area with dozens of different types of spirits. The idea that they can cross the planes and interact physically with this plane is true only for some of these, but it does, it does happen. Uh, to my mind, the aforementioned spiritualists were certainly right but only some of the time, and only about a very small piece of the paranormal pie. As you rightly say, this isn't enough. Okay, you want to cut it there? Okay, Yeah, let's cut it there because we have to do a break. Uh, Okay, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio at NewSkyRadio.com. We'll be right back with our open lines and our questions in just a moment. Stay with us. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and sky news. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected. It is. Why must we go on hating? 
is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New skyradio.com. And we're back, and we're reading a very extensive missive of communication from Kirk in Thailand, who is comparing our views with those of, of Buddhism, or at least the uh, one or one interpretation of Buddhism anyway. So go ahead, Ben. Okay. Take a deep breath here. Yeah, remember one of his, his questions essentially are, are uh, is he's questioning our questioning of well, it's more like commenting spirits, you know, kind of commenting. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Well, now he gets more into the meat and potatoes of what he's talking about. Um, right. uh, continuing with where we left off, uh, one way in which a spirit can manifest in this plane is via possession or attachment. I learned this personally when my wife found that a young man had attached himself to her at a Thai temple. We frequent temples often. In Thailand, unclaimed dead bodies are sometimes buried at the back of temples. In some cases, their spirits are said to linger. Uh, That is why it is recommended that one enters a temple from the front. However, at this uh, particular temple, there is an entrance at the back, too, which isn't terribly careful of the the, uh, temple planners and all things considered. Apparently, a spirit took a fancy to my wife and attached himself to her. I don't blame him, because considering my wife is very beautiful. And <laughs> goes on to say, uh, we realized something was wrong when uh, she began having restless nights uh, when reciting uh, Buddhist prayers before bed. A voice in her head began swearing and cursing uh, the Buddha, etc., etc. Uh, this went on for a long time uh, with her having nightmares, which, yes... You waved your hand. Oh, no, there's a stop at the end of the paragraph. No, the paragraph goes on. Like I said during the break, it puts random question marks in the middle of emails. Oh, sorry. So the word nightmare is actually night M, and then the next paragraph starts with airs. Oh. Okay, which woke her frequently and terrified her. On a trip to see a family in uh, Kenshinaburi, I I cannot pronounce that. I'm, I'm also, like, wicked out of it right now. So, anyway... Another province in Thailand uh, where the bridge over the uh, river Kauai is. Huh. All right. Uh, see, uh, uh, we went to see the abbot uh, of a temple in the mountains, a monk whom we already knew, and uh, one who was uh, reputed to have acquired uh, some of the psychic skills of the Buddha. Explain, explains uh, uh, the Buddha. Uh, I've lost my place. Yeah, I can't uh, begin. Oh, uh, and uh, they can be gained uh, by someone, by some of those who have reached their higher levels of meditation. Uh, the abbot explained that this young spirit had attached himself to my wife. He then performed an exorcism. I will not go into details. 
I stood next to my wife uh, for moral support, but was told to move a few meters back as the abbot was concerned that the spirit uh, should leave my wife and enter me. My wife was later given three bottles of holy water by the abbot and told to drink and wash it on drink and wash with it until it was finished. She discovered uh, she recovered and now uh, makes sure that she enters temples from the front. Although we did not ask the abbot about how the spirit died, my brother-in-law, who also used to be a monk, is known for his skill in meditation, explained that the man had drowned. Interestingly, uh, and as is often the case when we visit this town, before my brother-in-law explained any of this, I had a very vivid dream about walking home drunk and falling in a canal and then drowning. I, I didn't tell him this, so it was uh, some surprise when he explained his vision of what happened. Okay, that's the end of the paragraph. Okay. All right, now we have a lot here, but, you know, I've been accused of attacking Christianity. Let's see if I can't get myself accused of attacking Buddhism now. All right. Just, I don't know, we, we Westerners tend to have uh, a, a weakness these days for anything non-Christian. All right. Uh, there will be, people say, uh, well, this is the way the Buddhists think. Everybody goes, whoa, okay, it must be correct. Well, it's not necessarily correct. I mean, with, with the greatest respect for for people of experience in all spiritual traditions, Christianity, Buddhism, Judaism, etc., their interpretations may be sincere and steeped in antiquity, but they aren't necessarily correct. Well, I remember once when we went to visit the Providence Zen Center, one of the guys that was leading the meditation course was like, well, this is it. There's really no magic secret. It's not some crazy, some weird oriental like magic. It's just meditation. Well, that's Zen. Yeah. Zen, Zen is very bare bones and simple. That's why I liked it. Yeah. But in any case, the, the interpretation of spirits here. Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, that uh, Rick has had personal experiences with this, and I respect that. But I have, too. Probably a lot more. Um, I've assisted at exorcisms, albeit Christian exorcisms, where very similar steps kind of were taken. And I would say that interpretations of what you see, see, nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be, whether you look from a religious perspective or not. Everything you're describing, Rick, the attachment of a spirit to your wife, etc., can be explained, at least in my experience, and again, I could be wrong, but when I've seen this, it's been a parallel life experience. Remember, and as a Buddhist, you of all people ought to know this, we share the life of everything else in a very real and concrete way that it's difficult for the Western mind to grasp because we tend to separate things. That's the way our school systems train us. We separate things rather than bring things together. And that is a problem when it comes to trying to see the big picture. So what I think is happening here certainly is that your wife, whoever this young man was, uh, so the, the, who attached himself to her, could, certainly could have done so because he is her in this parallel life. I mean, as bizarre as it sounds, I've seen that many times. And there was a, there's a point at which, whether they be parasites or other people or non-human entities who are good or neutral, where a conjunction takes place and a spiritual and mental union almost occurs. Uh, and that seems to be what you were dealing with here. It could have been a parasite. 
the monk certainly probably did the right thing by not messing around and by treating it like that. And parasites, of course, being non-human entities who will feed upon our, our energy, uh, then I think that's what was happening. But then, my point being that nothing you've said so far uh, seems to have any uh, problem in terms of our theories and methods. It's just how you look at it, how you term it, and what you do about it. I, I don't see anything unusual whatsoever in anything you've said so far that would not fit the way we describe it. And as Ben points out, uh, the problem could be our language. I do often seem to dismiss the idea of spirits completely, but, but I, I don't mean to give that impression. If it can be conceived, it does exist. Some form of very light matter or non-matter, or whatever, can, can, certainly must exist in the multiverse somewhere because we can conceive of it. But I, I myself have not run into it very often, if at all. So maybe that's my interpretation. So Ben, what is all right, let's mean? take the next paragraph, which really isn't that long. So uh, back to and he uh, Rick goes on to say back to uh, the multiverse idea for a moment. Uh, the Buddha taught that uh, there have been more than ninety uh, kalpas, which means uh, eons, in which uh, the universe slash multiverse or universal wheels. If uh, we translate uh, from Pali, as we know it, has uh, it has been born and collapsed. So basically he said 90 universes have been born and collapsed, uh, which uh, follows the current scientific idea of big bangs and crunches uh, where the universe collapses back in on itself, but those are still theories, so they're not proven yet. According to the uh, teachings, there are uh, multiple universes uh, – there have been multiple back-to-back universe systems, and there are most certainly intelligent life forms on other planets slash in other dimensions. Again, some of them are made of solid, if not uh, subtle form, and can move between the uh, planes of existence within the multiverse. Uh, Buddhism has no issues with aliens whatsoever, although alien might have been uh, considered as an entity in line with your parallel dimensions idea rather than the idea of time-traveling grays, etc. And that's that paragraph. Well, I don't have any problem with that, really. What is it? Okay. Uh, nope, not at all. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's a perfectly reasonable way to put it. All right, so lastly, I would just explain my position on your position that we don't know anything. Whilst I fully understand and respect your your notion that uh, we are pretty much ignorant of the truth of these matters, I must say that this is not quite true, at least not if we are speaking for every member of the human race. The, the reason for this is uh, a Buddhist would ex- would explain is uh, because of the stages of enlightenment which can be achieved via meditation. For example, the Buddha, I would say, uh, knew all about every aspect of the paranormal. There are various stages on the way to final enlightenment, and there are many people around the world who do know a a great deal. There are also some enlightened beings on the planet right now. Uh, They know exactly what is going on. Uh, However, in a general sense, as a human race, uh, we know pretty much nothing. We are pretty dumb, and we are becoming more and more so. I do certainly agree with you that there are... uh, that we are losing lots of uh, the knowledge that we gained a long time ago when people, when people were more in tune with the natural world, and were less eager to discard these things to the uh, uh, Descartian 
dustbin. Oh, very good Cartesian word. dustbin, right? No, our, Descartian. Our, I think he means Cartesian. Yeah, well, as and, in Descartes, our good friend. Yep. 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 Actually, we're gonna have to take another break. Oh well, time uh, flies. Make a mark. We left. All right. But uh, no, man, I, I see what he's saying, but I don't agree with it. All right, we're going to take a break again. Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. And we'll consider our, I guess we'll continue our uh, voyage into uh, paranormal Buddhism here in just a moment. Uh, just stay with us. We'll be right back. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we're back and we're continuing with our letter from Rick in Thailand who was uh, going through various, uh, comparing our ideas with those of Buddhism. And uh, from what Ben just read, I think that I, I need to point out that, Rick, there there is a difference between knowing facts and having knowledge, there's a difference between uh, facts and awareness. I think the masters you describe who have gone through Buddhism and, and pointed out these various levels, things like this, those as, as and, and I mean, I, I know Buddhism from studying it, not, not from being in it. And it's important to be in something and to be part of something and to practice it in order to fully understand it. So I don't claim to be some expert on Buddhism. I can argue better about Christianity. But in Buddhism, it seems to me that, that these facts are sort of approximations, not, uh, you know, lines drawn with rulers or cast in stone, okay? So that they are open to interpretation and to perhaps different terminology. So the, the number of different worlds or, or, or the number of uh, the spiritual things, you know, or the spirits. And again, I don't question the idea of spirits. I mean, obviously, so many cultures uh, uh, claim this to be true. It has to be respected. It's just that I feel that they are not as simple as disembodied people. I think there's more to it than that because we are one life. Uh, Buddhists, I would think, uh, of all people, should know that all things are united. I said this previously. All things are united, and that things and people don't stand in isolation from, from one another, and people don't stand in isolation from themselves either. They're not islands unto themselves, and their soul and bodies are not islands unto each other either. So, okay, whatever else we have time for, Ben, go ahead. Okay, let's see how much we can get in before the show is over. Um I also like what you say about uh, nothing being supernatural. It is all natural. It is all dharma. Uh, it might have uh, been our understanding, but it is not above nature. Oh, and one more thing. Some people like to say that meditation is dangerous. Well, yes, it can be if, one, you don't protect yourself by reciting the necessary prayers, uh, even just quick ones, and two, you acquire some of these psychic powers without knowing how to control them. Some people uh, simply go mad because of this or become uh, diluted by thinking that they are enlightened. This is also a way for parasites, as you call them, and again, I cannot agree more, to attach themselves and dilute the person further. Uh, this leads uh, into my final point about psychic powers. From a Buddhist perspective, and this one is in the scriptures, that once you have acquired any of these powers, they can on only use them in the uh, proper uh, proper direction, i.e. for helping others or advancing understanding of Dharma. Uh, once someone has uh, these power, have powers, uh, they begin to have self, has these powers um, and begins to have selfish or ego-inflating ideas related to their abilities, they lose them. 
that is why I am highly, highly, highly suspicious of most psychics, especially those who are clearly out to make a name for themselves. It may well be the case that they uh, once did have these powers. They might have inherited them from the past life uh, of uh, they, if they are not mediators or something, uh, but have now lost them. That said, they may uh, well continue to read and continue diluting themselves that they still have the powers, relying solely net now on sophisticated uh, psychology and reading of body language to advance their fames and fortune. There are uh, most certainly other excellent and sincere psychics out there, and many monks in Thailand are among these. Well, I had honestly intended on writing a much briefer email, but sorry, like you, I can't. I just can't stop talking. <laughs> That's a backhanded compliment. Well, it's a, it's a talk show, Rick. What do you expect us to? Exactly. Uh, so I could go go on. I could go on to. Uh, or I can go into uh, far more depth about all of this and much more, and provide a myriad of cross connections between uh, what you are saying and what Buddhist Buddhism teaches. I could also tell you that my experiences in England, which are related to poltergeist, Ouija boards, and ghosts, uh, there. There's a particularly interesting story from Cambridge about a phantom Roman uh, legion, I think, uh, legion walking down a main road. Yeah, I'm aware of that story. Yeah, and uh, submerged in the road at knee, knee level. I've been there as a matter of fact. Yeah, this was seen by multiple times by a bunch of different witnesses, and uh, there's no doubt that this happened, uh, that uh, it was so fully documented, but why it happened, who knows? There are also many stories of huge shape-shifting supernatural black dogs on this road and there's a bunch of paganism and witchcraft like Wiccan Fen and Devil's Dyke are known for all these things uh, again I really do love your show and is very uh, probably the best out there sorry for the length of this comment it certainly isn't uh, brief as requested perhaps I should have sent it in an email uh, that's all right. yeah okay. and uh, so is that about it almost it, there's like 10 more words if you would like uh, to explain anything further, please do let me know. With kind regards and best wishes, Rick Kirkland. Well, thank you very much, Rick. Very, very thoughtful. And I certainly agree with that one point, uh, especially at the end where ego comes in. If ego comes in, there's a problem. Ego is an illusion. And uh, Buddhism especially is very clear on that. And uh, you've got a problem if you're, if you're a psychic with an ego. It's very, very bad. Okay, we're about done, folks. So we better do our announcements and wrap it up. So my dad and I will be speaking in Torrentine, Connecticut on July 19th in on, uh, Suffolk, England on September 22nd and Warwick, Rhode Island on October 28th. So watch for more info on these events at www.behindtheparanormal.com. Yeah, the title of our program is Exploring the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And uh, it's, 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 uh, most people really, really like it. It's pretty unusual, as you can imagine. So, uh, so yeah. many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we will see you next week. July 8th, when my dad and I will welcome Trish LeSage, who says she has an experience, or she is an experienced traveler among the parallel universes. In the meantime, tune into our Boston Pittsburgh, our, our Boston Providence Drive Time show on WON 1240 AM and ONWorldwide.com uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. You can always get free podcasts of all our shows. Along with show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we leave you with a thought from some anonymous sage this evening. Never test the depth of the water with both feet. 
So thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time.